It was Saturday morning. Cheshire's cell phone rung. Cheshire looked over at the clock and it was about 7 a.m. And he cursed the phone. But not really, because he didn't use such language. Cheshire wasn't ready to get up. It was too early in the morning. He had worked too hard the day before. Cheshire and his wife wouldn't go to Bojangles for at least another couple hours for a late breakfast, which they did every Saturday morning. Cheshire let the call go to voicemail. A few seconds later, the call rang again. Cheshire looked at it, and angrily he rolled over and picked it up and answered the phone. Yeah, how's it going? This is Cheshire. Cheshire? This is Larry Huffman, he heard. I called some of my people at the sheriff's office, and they sent me everything they had about your cousin Frankie and his death. And I did some reading, and I think I found something peculiar that you'd want to see. Would you be up for meeting at the coffee house on Brushy Mountain here later this morning? I can't, Cheshire said. I really wish I could. But I'm working a half-day shift today over at my goose control job. And it's such a competitive, highly complex field. If I miss any more time, I'll probably lose my job, he said. I gotta be there at 11 o'clock. There's no way I can do it. Can we meet at church tomorrow? Larry Huffman took in a deep breath and he said, Yeah, that's fine. We can do it. You'll want to see this, though. I have a feeling it could break this thing wide open. Larry hung up the phone. Larry did that. When he was done with the conversation, he would just end it and walk away. He never learned the importance of ending a conversation the right way, and at his age, why would he start now? Cheshire and his wife Katie went to the Bojangles on 268 like they do every Saturday morning. Cheshire got him a good old sausage biscuit and a side of bow rounds. And Katie got herself a Cajun filet biscuit with egg just like she has for the last 15 years. Moments like these remind Cheshire of a simpler time before everything changed. The two ate breakfast and lamented about all the damage that happened in a recent storm. After breakfast, the two parted ways. Katie drove home in her SUV. Cheshire drove to the goose control shop, just like he'd done nearly every day for the last ten years before he found a picture of his dead cousin sitting on Kmart patio furniture in front of his trailer up in Wilbar. Everything changed that day. Cheshire could no longer find peace in the things that he used to love to do. For every honk of a goose that he heard that day, he heard the fire of a gun that was pointed straight at him. With every remote control boat that he refueled, he smelled gasoline that the foundations of his trailer would be soaked in and set afar so that he and his wife would burn to death in their sleep. Cheshire never found a moment of comfort. Cheshire had no joy left in his life. On the drive home from work, Cheshire stopped at the Burger King near the community college. He loved that Burger King. It was a corporately owned Burger King and therefore vastly superior to any other Burger King in the area. He knew that everything there was made to spec and made perfect, just like the Burger King food scientists designed. Cheshire had been trying to lose weight, but he also loved the double cheeseburger. Even though it was entirely too much food for him, he got himself a double Whopper made up like a double cheeseburger with just the cheese, the mustard, the ketchup, the onions, and the pickles. It was basically the best burger in the whole wide world. But to be honest, Cheshire never really ventured outside of Wilkes County much, so he really didn't know what the world had to offer and that there might be burgers better than what they make at that corporately owned Burger King. Cheshire crammed the burger down his throat as he drove home and drunk down his Diet Dr. Pepper with cherry. He used the two napkins that they gave him in the bag 
to wipe all the mustard and ketchup off his face. He didn't want Katie to know that he had spoiled his dinner. Because tonight, Katie is making chili, and it was the best chili in the whole wide world. But it was just a notch or two below. A double whopper made up like a double cheeseburger at Burger King. The evening played out like normal. Dinner was excellent. And Cheshire and the family, meaning Katie and the dogs, watched Marty Stewart on RFD TV. Tired as can be, Cheshire and Katie went to bed. It was the first good night of sleep Cheshire had had in quite a while. Larry Huffman, on the other hand, couldn't sleep. He had all kinds of information running through his brain. He had learned something that was possibly dark and insidious. He knew that this could potentially change everything and put a resolution to Cheshire's problem, which had been weighing on him for so long now. Larry got up at 4.30 just like he did every Sunday morning. He took a shower, he shaved, he made breakfast, and he studied his Bible. Larry only lived 15 minutes from the church, but he wanted to be there by 9.30, so he left at 9.10. Larry pulled into the parking lot at church, and it was strangely empty. There was only one other car there. He didn't see anybody inside. Being a deacon to the church, he had a set of keys, and he decided that he would go open the door so that people could get in. When he got to the door, they were unlocked. Larry went inside the church, and he saw somebody sitting on the second pew. Larry called out to him. Cheshire woke up in a panic that morning because he thought he was running late for church. Then he realized that daylight savings time had ended, and he had at least another hour to play with. Cheshire wanted to be at the church by 9.30, so he had time to talk to Larry before the service started. He knew if the pastor had time to start a sermon up that he would just start screaming and yelling and there'd be no way that they could possibly talk over him. Cheshire got to the church at 9.25. The parking lot was full, but nobody was in the church. Everybody was outside. They were behind a line that was marked off by police tape that said, Do Not Cross Crime Scene. The Wilkes County Sheriff's Department and surrounding county law enforcement were there. There was an ambulance as well, and its lights were not on. Cheshire grabbed the nearest deputy and he said, Sir, what's happened? The deputy said that an elderly man who was a former cop was found dead in the church. He had been strangled to death. Cheshire felt that confusion in his mind again. Darkness crept into his peripheral vision, and it felt like the world was closing in on him. He heard a buzzing in his ear, and he started to black out. He propped himself up on the hood of the car, just in time to see a gurney adorned with a body bag being taken out of the church. Cheshire screamed, Is that Larry? Larry's my family. Is that Larry? Let me see him. The deputy put his hand on Cheshire's shoulder as if to calm him. And he brought him to the gurney with the body bag and he unzipped it. It was indeed Larry Huffman, former lieutenant with the highway patrol. His eyes were open and monstrously bloodshot. His throat looked as if it had been cut with some fine wire. It was mutilated. Cheshire blacked out after all. Youngins, that was Serial Part 4. It ran long. I don't have time to do the forecast. Just look it up on the Googles. I'll see y'all tomorrow.